Today, on the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. There was this new style of controller that had just come out for a game I play. I literally just couldn't get one. So I was like, okay, well, I have a decent amount of experience in engineering. I think I can just build one myself. A student follows his passions, starting a business that combines a love for engineering and video games. It's all just been for fun, just because it's what I enjoy doing. Being able to live and breathe the thing that you are like legitimately passionate about and the fact that you get to do that every day and immerse yourself and really commit yourself to that sounds amazing. The video game industry is booming. According to Zion Market Research, in the next five years, its global market value is expected to reach nearly half a trillion US dollars. There are over three billion active gamers in the world. We're chatting with Luca Gacy, founder and CEO of Icebox Controllers, an ergonomic alternative to standard handheld game controllers. I'm Kevin Douglas, and this is the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Welcome to the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Today, we have Luca Gacy, founder and CEO of Icebox Controllers. Icebox creates gaming controllers designed for competitive fighting games with more durability and comfort than a standard controller. Icebox gets their name from their design. Rather than a handheld controller with joysticks, Icebox controllers look more like a computer keyboard with several buttons that give players greater precision to input their moves. Luca is a current DU student pursuing a master's degree in electrical engineering. He's expected to graduate this June 2023. Luca, thanks for coming to the studio. Thank you for having me. Now, I know you attended DU as an undergrad. Did you launch any startups during that time, or is this your first real serious venture? I really didn't pursue any of that, like any entrepreneurship stuff during undergrad, and then I pretty much got the idea for my controller well, it actually started from, it never actually intended to be a business. It was literally because I wanted to build this new, there was this new style of controller that had just come out for a game I play, uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee, <laughs> for the GameCube, and uh, called Box Style Controllers, and I really wanted one. There were like two companies that sold them, and both of them had literally been sold out for months. Like, I, I literally just couldn't get one, so I was like, okay, well, I have all these resources at DU, I have a decent amount of experience in engineering. I think I can just build one myself. And then so I started building it. And uh, I also have very high standards, I guess, for <laughs> stuff that I build for myself. And um, so I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to build it, I'm, I'm going to build it right. I want it to be something that looks nice and also very functional. Uh, and I realized like 80% through the process, I was like, I've basically just developed this product. And I think that I could. And like I've, I mentioned it to some of my friends from from high school and uh, and like they were like, wait, like, can I get one of these? Like, I like I want one. This sounds this sounds cool, uh, because they also would like to try this style of controller that you just can't get right now. And then I started, uh, I started, yeah, trying to like figure out like how to actually like start a business. Uh, no idea how to start a business. Uh, so I reached out to to Michael Caston, and he got me in contact with Joshua Ross, Neil Pollard, and uh, John Sebesta, and they've been super super helpful yeah. for helping me learn that side. 
yeah, basically, so this started right around the beginning of my master's, and then I've been working on this alongside with everything. So I kind of, like, trade off between those two, which is kind of nice because, like, I can procrastinate one by doing the other, and neither of them Either way, like, you're being productive, Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and sometimes I, I need a break from both, but yeah. uh, it's still kind of nice of, like, uh, if I am if I am stuck in one, then I can I can work on the other, and then it'll often have problems working in the back of my head, and I can go back and forth, which is, which is nice. What has it been like integrating yourself into uh, DU's entrepreneurial community, and um, do you see yourself pursuing... Or expanding Icebox or pursuing other businesses after Icebox? I do plan on building more controllers in the future and also starting more businesses in the future, whether or not this one succeeds or fails. It's been a lot of fun. I, I, I really like everyone in the like entrepreneurial space. So like I definitely just want to spend more time with, with yeah within this space. It's super awesome. I, I was worried that it was, everything was gonna be like really competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that some parts of it are, but like Every single time I'll come to, uh, or like if like we'll like we'll just like talk for like a little bit about stuff and I'll, and I'll mention like this is where I'm at and then they'll often have some really great advice which is cool. As someone who mostly has an engineering background and this is one of your first times really pursuing entrepreneurship, what is some of that helpful advice you've heard that you feel like has been most applicable to this venture? Yeah, uh, honestly, the part about kind of having those the two sides of like at least for now of like focusing on like finishing up school as well as doing uh, pursuing this business, being able to bounce between those and like kind of procrastinate one while doing the other. The realization that like it's that's okay and like that's it's actually it's very good to do that. Even if it, like before it felt like I kind of felt like guilty working on on my business. Your ideas will definitely be better if you're in a really like. In, you're in a bit of a rut, and then like if you're constantly just like throwing your head against the wall, it's like it's uh, taking a couple hours and doing something else is will often lead to you know better results in that yeah. first thing. And, and being a student and also having a social life and having other yeah. you know do you have student orgs that you take part in and and how do you balance all that while still um, trying to give enough time to these the real responsibilities you have? At this point, I've I've too many hobbies. I <laughs> do anyways. Yeah. Um, it is nice of like I'm able to go on the weekends and hang out with people and uh been learning a lot of new like card games recently of like from different different regions, which is uh, which is interesting. I've never like there's like a brilliant a Brazilian card game called Meshi Meshi and there's another oh, interesting. Um, like all sta- a standard deck yeah, of cards. Yeah, just using like a normal deck but... of cards. And it's just like a fun game to play with people and just been getting super into just playing games with people. Uh I mean, nice. based on the 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 business ventures you've talked about and just like the way your hobbies and your professional interests, games are very important to you. Yeah. Um, how long has, you know, how long have you been a gamer, if, if you will? <laughs> oh, I, uh, that <laughs> word. <laughs> no, um, like Maybe game enthusiast. How about that? <laughs> uh, like, I've been playing board games my whole life. Like, I love board games. Uh, and, like, my whole family, we have a whole wall full of board games. Uh, so definitely been doing that my whole life, which has been super, super fun. Uh, and then... The game that I'm actually designing this controller for, as well as I do plan on expanding to other games, but Super Smash Bros. Melee was actually the very first game I ever had when I was a kid. Uh, got it for like 20 bucks at an easy pun. Uh, I was probably like 10 or 12 years old. Melee is uh, the, the GameCube version? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've been I've been playing games and modding controllers like pretty much, like yeah, probably since I was like 12 or 13. Uh, just like putting like LEDs and spray painting cases and, and, and a bunch of that stuff, uh, which is which is fun. So, yeah, I've been doing, 
doing what I've been doing for a while, but it's just never, I've never, like, it's all just been for fun just because it's what I enjoy doing. I barely actually play that many video games now just because, like, funny enough, like, almost all of that time that used to go towards video games is now going towards this starting this business. Yeah. But honestly, like, it's very fulfilling and it kind of, it scratches the same kind of itch because I'm still in, like, the same community, which is nice because I've been going to, like, like tournaments since I was, like, 13. Uh, I haven't, like, never been very good, but <laughs> but it's still super yeah. fun to just go. You get to meet other people that are passionate like you. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. and you get to, like, and, like, like you and all your friends, like, go into a car, you just blast music on the way there, you just get <laughs> absolutely destroyed in the bracket, but then you just get to, like, hang out with people, yeah. uh, and it's just super fun. So, like, the idea of being able to, like, give back in that space and be a part of that space, especially if I can, like... Uh, I would love to, I do plan on like sending my controller to some pro players and like potentially like sponsoring, being like a sponsor for tournaments and stuff like that. If like add to the prize pool, I think that'd be kind of cool. Obviously, you know, I want it to be a successful business. I want to be able to make money doing it. But like, uh, it really is like, the, my, main, my main goal is to really just like provide this actually really good thing uh, to a community I've been a part of for so long. What's the... Uh... I'm curious how many of these you've gotten out to other people in the community, how many people have seen it, what the response has been like. Has there been hesitance because it's this new approach to something maybe they hold kind of very sacred, or are people really enthusiastic about it? The answer to that question is probably more complicated than it should be, Uh, but I've shown it to a bunch of people. I've had, like, one prototype, which has been, like, pretty much completely done for a while, and I've brought it to a couple tournaments, and people, I've heard nothing but really, really great feedback which is nice there's like one tiny thing which people i've had a couple people recommend which i would like to implement i just don't have the tool to be able to actually do it right now mm-hmm. um i've had a lot of people it's like if you're selling these i will buy one right now it was like that's cool <laughs> uh all right um and uh so i've got i've like i've shown it to a bunch of people and then right now i am in the process of i have like four I have a stock of around like 14 controllers right now and i'm going to sell those as like beta units mm-hmm. so it'll be like 30% off, but then, like, with the idea of, like, would you be willing to, like, meet up with me uh, in a month and then just, like, tell me your experience with this controller? Is there anything you like? Like, is there, like, what did you really like? Is, is there yeah. anything you didn't like? Did kind of like a break? focus group, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, Kind of, like, the main focus of my brand is to be fully customizable, and obviously there's going to be a markup because I can't build any controllers before people designed them i can build parts of them but like people will be able to design like the front decal and the buttons and some of the internals so i can't these are there's like 80 percent disassembled uh like per order so it, it takes a lot of time and i have to like print and cut out stuff right um, and if you get flooded with orders all at the same time it's like it's gonna be a pretty long wait time for folks yeah so that's uh like i've shown it to a bunch of people and every single time um people are like this is this is going to be crazy, which is cool to hear. Um, I don't believe it until it actually happens. It's a great community that you're building this product for because it already seems very collaborative and very grassroots. It's Yeah, and absolutely. so I think the same, like, I, I think a lot of people starting businesses in other industries dream of having a network of people that would be so responsive for something like this. Because when I yeah. think of people that are so open to give feedback, sometimes <laughs> negatively, but I think of people that are into games and they're they're just so knowledgeable. And yeah, it seems like a great, um, a great resource for you creating this product, whereas someone maybe developing... Um, 
a, a new rideshare app might have trouble <laughs> finding people that are actually going to be giving them valuable insight. Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the nice things about specifically the Melee community is that Melee is a great game, but there it has its flaws, and almost and almost all those flaws lie within the way that it actually processes uh, controller inputs to the point where like uh, the just like a normal out of the box GameCube controller can range wildly in quality of controller. There's all of these different issues which come up um, within these controllers, and like the odds of getting an actually just like a perfect GameCube controller like out of the box is probably like. One in fifty, like really? yeah. So like people, people will literally spend three hundred dollars, three hundred to four hundred dollars on like OEM GameCube controllers, but they ha- that that is just like they're like perfect and like they're they're just like these minute characteristics. So like a lot of the Smash community is very very particular about the controllers. Like mm-hmm. not saying everyone's an expert, but people have really high standards and and it needs to be able to do specific things very very consistently i value like that that opinion is very very valuable and like and like the fact that it's literally a discord dm away of being like hey would you be willing to to look at this is pretty cool and that's kind of the idea with these beta units um i could maybe give them out for free but it's like that is a ton of money for me to give to a ton of people that i i still like i they're in the same community but a lot of these people i have never met in person before so it's kind of to, to give that yeah. much away is, is a little yeah you gotta you know you've put in that much work and um if it's something that people can still yeah even if it's in beta it seems like something that people will still get value out of oh yeah definitely. you don't want to undervalue yourself absolutely yeah which uh, is like the biggest thing that like every startup does is like oh my gosh everyone yeah. like the original price of the controller was like 180 dollars and every single pr- like i brought it to like i went over I went to Vegas over the summer for a tournament just like to bring a prototype and and to get people's feedback and uh they were like how much are you planning on charging for these and I was like $180 and they're like why <laughs> it's it's like of like I I've re- I spent a lot of time and I I do think it is legitimately like equal to or better than everything else that's on the market right now uh from like uh just like a uh materials and like software perspective uh and it's like, and then that would put it at the second cheapest controller on the market. There's not that much. Well, one of the things is that the market is very, very, like, scarce of the fact that there really only are. There's two companies, kind of three, that make these controllers. And it's like, there's like zero kind of customization between them. So it it was kind of weird to have mine, which is very customizable. And then also be cheaper and have better hardware it makes just it will literally just be confusing to people of like yeah. why is it so cheap it, it might even like put people off which is kind of weird do you think there's a world where the you could have non-customizable models that are cheaper for people on a budget and then you charge more for the customized models yeah i really do want to do that i'm kind of taking the tesla approach right now of the fact that I just can't produce that many right now of like everything has been designed around what do I have access to right now like with the resources at DU and then also uh, yeah like what is like trying to design it so that it's scalable but also you know I'm, I'm still one person I have someone I have a couple friends who are kind of like on standby who would be kind of ready to quit their job and help me which is cool I did not ask for this Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's cool to like to like you know get other people enthusiastic about it I think is a good sign um absolutely uh so but I also realized that like once I open the doors I'm like almost everyone who I've said this is like a lot of people have tried starting businesses of of these of just like small scale controller monitors and stuff like that and they are just run horribly and it's just been a terrible customer experience I've had multiple 
a bunch of people tell me that. They're like, it is most likely that I will run to the problem of way more people are going to want these controllers than I'll actually be able to provide. And that is a problem. It sounds like a good problem, but yeah. it's not a, it's not really. It's like you want, you want no, to be able to have... people will move on to something else if they can't get that from you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I want to get to the, the entrepreneurship side of it, what problem it's solving in the market, because clearly the the need for it is there or the desire for it is there. So what is that problem that it's solving and why is it so uh, well known by the, the gaming community? Yeah. And then what has been maybe the biggest obstacle besides the, the overwhelming number of people that hopefully are interested, like <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah. but in just the, the process, the step you're in now, what has been the biggest obstacle to this point? Yeah. So, um, the main problem that it's solving is, uh, and I touched a little bit on it earlier, that the GameCube controllers kind of are trash. <laughs> uh, most controllers are are not great. They and most of the problems lie within like ergonomics and the joystick, just because they were never really designed to be used for super long periods of time. It's like people were they were designed with the intent of like, oh, you play casually for maybe an hour or two and then yep. you're done. And then and then now it's like, okay, people play very intensely for like ten hours a day because that's what you need to do to be able to stay at the top level of like whatever esports you're playing. So, so it's like, it's making the ability to do basic mechanics in the game like a combo yeah, more yeah. difficult. Um yeah. so most of these problems lie within the joystick. Uh basically joysticks are just they're great for casual gaming and just not, and then they, they just are pretty inconsistent when it comes to like anything competitive. Um, and uh, like there's just so many different issues of like they often can't reach the full distance. They may like, they off, like, uh, like, so if you fully press the stick to the side, it may only be at 98%, which is close, but that also means like if you're in a competitive game, that means your character will. Like, if you have a controller that can reach 100% of the distance and then your opponent has one that can only reach 98%, that means your character will literally run faster and live longer, just by a little bit. But it's like, before you've even started the game, you're already at a disadvantage, which is not great. And there's all these different issues of just being able to achieve specific angles with consistency is is really important in pretty much every single game. There's almost always going to be a specific angle you want to be able to hit consistently. Um, to the point where people will actually notch their controllers, so they'll they'll take a file and then file to, like a little groove in the case of the controller. It's so it's so <laughs> janky. Uh, they'll like file a groove in the controller so that way the joystick can sit in that groove and hit that specific angle. Um, but it drifts over time, so you have to keep you have to literally like some people notch their controller every day, which wow. is crazy, and it takes hours. And there's probably less than ten people who can actually do it in America right now. Uh, so it's like so it's 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 gotten so bad. And then people will also put capacitors in their controllers to like try to solve some of these issues of like, all of these different mods to try to retrofit these GameCube controllers so that way they're actually usable for top play. And uh, it's it's gotten to the point where people are literally spending like five six hundred dollars for for these custom controllers, and they may only last like three or four weeks before they have to either get it like retuned or right. just buy a new one, which is crazy. The, it's the same mechanics the ones that were breaking had. So your yours is a better design. Why? Like, what is the layout, and how can someone who's listening to this how can they picture it looking? Yeah. So uh, the, and the the other part about it is that regular controllers are not very ergonomic either. Um, the the original design for like my style of controller, which is called a digital controller, which I'll explain in a second, uh, was designed for ergonomics because a player got arthritis when he was twenty three, uh, and it was nobody should be getting arthritis no, in their twenty three playing it, um, and so he and like they literally said like you can't play this game anymore, and he's like I'm gonna find a way, so he 
Um, you developed this. It basically looks like a minimalistic keyboard, like on your computer, where it effectively has, like, if you ha- if you kind of have your hands in a neutral position in front of you, um, it basically just has buttons only underneath, right underneath your fingers. So that way you, you have to move your hands as little as possible when using the controller. But it only has 20 switches rather than a normal keyboard, which has like around like 80. Um, and in a slightly more ergonomic layout, not just like kind of like a brick, um, like a keyboard is. And then you're achieving the customized designs through 3D printing? Yeah, so basically the, the, the controller is built a combination of laser cut acrylic and 3D printed parts. Um, and one of the great things about acrylic is that you can buy it with it being completely clear. So basically I'll have, there's a printed paper layer, which also gets laser cut into the exact uh, dimensions of the controller. And then basically the rest of the controller, the, out, the exterior is basically all acrylic, which is great. It's really, really durable. Uh, it is a little expensive, but just the, the quality of the material is, is really, really strong. Like the controller feels really, really, it's a really, it's a good weight to it. I think it weighs around three pounds. Basically, you kind of play with a controller in your lap, uh, and then it's as if you're playing a keyboard. Um, uh, very similar motions. I'm actually planning on meet, like my mom's a piano teacher, and her piano teacher um, w- does this technique called is like a a teacher of this technique called Taubman, which is all about hand health in piano because that is a huge problem within like the uh, piano performance like world of of people like of just like careers half lives being pretty small just because of these hand health problems so like they have there's a lot of techniques that they use for kind of um minim- like minimizing hand movements and 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 just like healthy movements and all of that stuff um and it's kind of interesting because a lot of those techniques are very similar to typing as well as using this controller which is fairly similar. The whole way that you move your hands in and out of the keyboard is very important. So all of that information I'm planning on kind of like coming to her with some like these are some popular or like common motions that happen within these games. What are some like effective ways of of doing that and so I can create some resources on like how to use these controllers with like the intention of like like hand health and being able to play for long periods of time. I definitely went off on a tangent there. I didn't fully, like, um, it's all good. Um, I did want to ask, and I think you, you talked about it a little bit. It was before I hit record. Um, other people in your family who are entrepreneurial and how you've wanted to start a business before this one, have you ever done anything like start a lemonade stand when you were a kid or didn't you used to run the smash tournaments here at DU? Am I mistaken? I didn't run the Smash tournaments here at DU, but I did. I started a Smash club in high school, which I think is still happening somehow. Uh, there you go. And uh, I haven't started anything before, but yeah, I did join the Creativity Entrepreneurship LLC uh, when I was a freshman with Michael Caston, and then uh, my uncle also uh, started his own business. Has he given you many much advice as you've been starting your business? Yeah. So. Um, he did uh, at the very beginning and had some had some good advice. Uh, it's been a while since I've had to like I've been I've been kind of in the same part for a while and I know the next step I need to do and I know roughly how I want to do it. So like I want to have started hopefully start like actually like start selling them and then reach out to them and then and then it is ultimately different because mine is hardware and he sells you know software of like. Uh, so it's like because he doesn't sell physical products and there's a lot that goes into that of like packaging 
I hate right. I hate having to <laughs> try to figure out packaging. Yeah. It's like there's no like where do you learn this? I don't know. The answer is like YouTube. Yeah, teach yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. That's what being an entrepreneur is. Yeah. Um, so I've never I knew I wanted to start a business for a while, but I just couldn't think of uh kind of what I like what would I should be good I, I felt like I was trying I was like just painting the bullseye of like I knew I want to start a business I like these things but I, I didn't really have a product in mind because this wasn't even supposed to be a business it was just because I wanted to build one for myself and I just couldn't get one I think uh, I mean just that alone is such a fascinating um way to fall into this because it's it's not even like this is a problem in the market and I'm gonna fill the void by you know, starting my own business. It was literally just, I want this for myself. I can't get it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And I love hearing about people that, um, a lot of people during the pandemic, especially just were like, Oh, I have this time to actually start this venture. I just, I think it's really cool and organic that you not having the entrepreneurship minor, you not getting a degree in the business school, um, but still having that desire to start a business that you just, you knew that about yourself, even though you weren't taking classes for it yeah um i'm kind of similar because i didn't take any classes and then i wound up doing a master's in management but um that was more because it felt like the most liberal arts of the business school things that i could be doing and now i'm running a theater company full-fledged never thought i would be um so cool so (laughs) i just i think it's very impressive and i uh i think a lot of people listening will resonate with that and um people that are out there that you know i'm sure everyone can think of that thing they're passionate about and yeah it's possible to just do it. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think a lot more people should try to start businesses than actually do. Of like um, the yeah, fact a lot that people like, get the idea, but they don't take the leap. Or yeah, and uh, like uh, like everyone ha- like I think just like having it start from a hobby is really good. Like because uh, I think that like every everyone has a hobby, well, if not. People should get, <laughs> get, get one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like pretty much everyone has a hobby, and like, uh, but and like almost every hobby will have like, it sounds weird, but even even just like minor inconveniences, right? Like they'll like they'll be like, um, they'll just be certain things which just could be. I'm trying to think of like another example outside of stuff that I do. Like, um, it's kind of funny now because like, uh, I also try to like make music on the side, which is fun, um, and like. Now that I've been working on this, I really want to make like a custom MIDI controller or like a custom keep like like piano keyboard basically. Oh, cool. That's like travel size that I but still has like decently like I I has a huge I have a, a little more than GarageBand gives you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like I have I have this like now that I've worked with I've like I've like used several different keyboards, I've used several different softwares, so I kind of know what I like and it's like the actual the exact thing. I'm quickly realizing that a lot of the things that I want doesn't actually exist <laughs> and it's like i but i could make it myself and i i think i could make it you've got the brain of an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah. it's a gift and a curse yeah oh, i mean bad. i have so it's many bad. ventures i start and then never finish because yeah. it's like you get it and then you're you're doing it but then you find something else that you were like oh this yeah. is more feasible or your attention just shifts but yeah you know, i hope that that pans out for you <laughs> that sounds like a great idea i i hope so i think um I like about a year ago, I started getting really fed up with myself of like, I felt like I had just a bunch of unfinished projects. Just I had the amount of like different products that I had, projects that I had of like, that were just like 80% done. And then it was just like 
just lose interest at the end, like at the like at the like last stretch. Line, yeah. yeah, and it was just like, uh, like so many different things, and I was just getting super fed up with like this is unfinished project. So like I kind of had like a news resolution like last June or something or so, like of just being like, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I like I like projects that I start, I will see through to the end and if i'll know what the end is it doesn't have to succeed but i just need to see it through to the end of it's like with this business if i open up my shop at the beginning of the summer and i sell like five and then it peters out then it's like you got your answer i got it and yeah, then it's you like, move oh, on to the keyboard exactly <laughs> and it's like that's fine it's like i will know that i at least left everything on the table at that point like i'm not well yeah if it fails then it's like okay i'll take what i learned from it i'll I will keep moving, and I, and I, the next thing I do, I'll be able to do it ten times better and ten times faster. I was just like, because I've made so many mistakes already, and like, and they're just mistakes that every that you pretty much have to make. Like, there's like so many things that people tell you, and then you're just like, yeah, I hear you, and then you just tell, but you're like, but this doesn't apply to me though because I'm special, and then it just immediately yeah. just blows up in your face. <laughs> um, so like. Okay, like I can learn from these, but there's still so many more aspects of it. Of like the fact that mo- most of the process right now has been like product development. It hasn't been advertising or customer support or packaging or any of that stuff. Or like, um, and getting feedback is nice. And then, but like, and just kind of prepping everything for like opening those doors. But um, it's um, it's about to hit like the next big chapter of like okay like the first set of controllers that i actually do end up selling i do have high standards for this controller so like if i'm satisfied with it there's a very high likelihood that other people are satisfied with it as well which is good but at the same time it is that's still incredibly anecdotal of just it's it's my own experiences and it's that's not something to bank off even if i do have high standards people may have different standards and they may be closer to the average consumer so it might I'd be able to modify it so that way it's a better product for the average person rather than just being a better product for me. Yeah. Um, well, you won't know until you you get there. That's yep. <laughs> part of just the. I love what you said about you know you make the mistakes and then you learn from it and you do it better the next time because yeah. that's that's what it's all about and that's what sep- that's what separates the the startups that succeed and the startups that don't is those obstacles that you encounter. Is it a lesson learned or is it a roadblock that makes you turn around? Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, that's yeah that's really how i've been seeing everything and there's like uh it is it is frustrating like because like there's also just money lost every every <laughs> every it takes turn so much money it's just like yeah. oh like but like i just keep telling myself it's like every other startup has to go through this zero exceptions like you can, like nobody gets around this you have to do this if i'm paying like if i if i'm hiring someone it's like if i'm paying them 20 dollars an hour that doesn't cost me 20 dollars an hour that costs me like 26 dollars an hour right and it's like and then Oh, am I paying for shipping? Like everyone expects free shipping now, so this, and that's like twenty bucks, like for or, or like t- or like fifteen bucks, and now for packaging and stuff like that. This is money lost. Every every you corner. just don't think of it till you get there. You're yeah. like, oh wait, yeah, so much more to account for. Absolutely, yeah. So and like and one of the other things of like the people of like new businesses always undervaluing their product just makes those problems ten times worse because then it's like you might you might sell it at three times the price that it costs to make it but then it but then these like there's the man hours and then there's the taxes and there's all these different things and it's just like oh, pretty yeah. soon you're not making any money yeah at all. exactly so it's like you really that's like okay like that, I mean that's why you know like a like an iPhone costs like two hundred fifty dollars worth of components but they're like fifteen hundred there's still so many more so many things yeah, going expenses. to it. I wanna ask you some of the rapid fire questions we give all our guests so how do you define success honestly like 
this is actually like a dream job for me if this works of making these custom game controllers. Literally, if I can pay for rent, food, and be able to like have fun a little bit on the side, honestly, I'm really happy with like what I have right now. So if I can continue to like kind of live the lifestyle I've been living while doing this business, that would be really cool. <laughs> the work itself is fulfilling. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was talking to my friend who's an actor yesterday, and he was saying how good it is to make money from the thing you're passionate about, and how if you if you make a, a living doing what you're passionate about, it's like you haven't you're not work you're not going to work a day. In it your doesn't. Life. Yeah, it's Which never is such felt a cliche, like work. but it's really true. <laughs> the fact that you've made it this far and you're losing money, but you're saying it doesn't feel like work. That's it's 100 percent true. Yeah. The other rap, a rapid fire question is what is the best or worst advice you've ever gotten? And that could be in the context of this business or just life advice you've gotten. I think, uh, I forget who told someone, someone told me this though. Like, and I, it just sounded weird of like basically the exact opposite of what you said, which was, um, they're like the minute that you start doing something you love, you're so the minute you start making money from doing something you love, it becomes a job and you won't like it anymore. Interesting. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> it's like no, like it's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I don't. It just blows my mind. Of like, I don't know. Like, I think being able to live and breathe the thing that you are like legitimately passionate about, and the fact that you get to do that every day and immerse yourself and really commit yourself to that sounds amazing. And like, the quality of work will be better. And I think that just everything about your life will be better if you're actually getting to do what you love doing. It doesn't have to only be on the weekends or vacations. Yeah, I think it's also telling if if something you love to do becomes a chore. Maybe that's not the thing you're meant to do 24-7. Yeah, I don't okay. think you ever really liked that thing in the first place, yeah. right? Like, it's, yeah, so obviously, you know, you know, like, I need to be able to make money to make a living. But it's not, it really isn't the goal. Like, I want to be, like, if I get to just, like, I love just, work working on this. I will literally, like, it's bad. I'll, sometimes I'll be in the, especially because I work really weird hours where I'll be in the makerspace. Like, I'll start in the makerspace at, like, 9 p.m. and then work until like 4 a.m. <laughs> I shouldn't do that, but it's also kind of the only time I have access to do it. But like I, when I, when it's 4 a.m., I am I'm not tired. It's that, this is weird. Like I literally have to force myself to like go home and get sleep so that way tomorrow You're me doesn't like zone. hate it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like it's just it's wow. super fun. And, and don't get me wrong, some days suck obviously, but like yeah. for the most part, like it's really really fun. And if, if this is what I get to do, that's super cool. Uh, that's another. I mean, I was listening to. An, <laughs> it's funny because it's like I keep finding connections from things that don't feel like they should be related at all, but they totally are. There's this audiobook about meditation and the connection of that and um, breaking bad habits, but there's specifically a chapter about um, what's called the flow and activities and pastimes that you get so honed in, you don't notice time passing, yeah. and you have complete full presence with the project you're doing, and because of that, suddenly three hours have passed yeah and it sounds like for you that's what this is absolutely you, you get into a flow <laughs> where suddenly six hours have passed and it's four o'clock in the morning and you're like i need to go sleep but i i understand that when i'm really into writing a scene or something or yeah um so i love that for you i, I love that there's the potential of making money from that for you so i hope that that works out where can people uh, where can people connect with you does icebox have any social media presence yet or a website yeah, we have a uh, we have a website. It's just iceboxcontrollers.com, uh, controllers with an S. Like that, that'll like link to my Discord server. Um, I do plan on making um, other like social media stuff. I plan on making a YouTube channel for it as well because I, I like another thing about these controllers is like there's a, there's 
weirdly very few resources on how to actually use them properly, yeah. which is weird. So I want to make a bunch of resources, like tutorials, and, like, just, yeah, and, tutorials and yeah. um, uh, like explanations and technique guides and stuff like that on how to use these controllers. Because like you still have to use specific techniques for them to be good for your hands. Because there's like you still have to be uh, mindful of that stuff. So I want to like I want to have yeah, best, definitely gonna make like a YouTube channel, Instagram. Uh, Twitter and all that stuff. Um, but right now, iceboxcontrollers.com. You can email me at lucagacy at iceboxcontrollers.com <laughs> if you have any queries or something like that. Awesome. Well, we're really excited to see where it goes from here. And uh, we're so so excited to have students using the <laughs> Entrepreneurship at DU resources. So uh, thanks for coming to the studio. It was great chatting with you. And we wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. The Entrepreneurship at DU podcast was recorded in Marjorie Reed Hall on the University of Denver campus. You can find us on Instagram at DU Entrepreneur, on Twitter at DU underscore Entrepreneur, and on Facebook at Entrepreneurship at DU. Entrepreneurship at DU is part of the Daniels College of Business, which has its own podcast, by the way. Check out Voices of Experience, available wherever you get your podcasts.